Welcome in Jesus' name. Peter Barber here to introduce Together in Christ, a Christian education ministry for the building up of the body of Christ and the sharing of the good news of eternal salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, with the whole world. In 2006, when I was in Israel, actually, the Lord Jesus laid on my heart, gave me a call to minister for him to his body and to the world through his body. The Together in Christ Christian Education Ministry is the next step in my response to this calling from the Lord on my life for His glory. Please pray for me, for my wife and children, and for this ministry as we work through this first year of the Together in Christ Ministry. The Bible says of Christians in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, that Jesus has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The verbal tense there is the perfect tense, meaning that those who have believed in Jesus are already seated together in Christ in heaven, which is, of course, the spiritual reality, which is the eternal reality, transcending the temporary physical circumstances in which we live in the flesh. In light of this reality, Apostle Paul, in, in, in light of this reality that Jesus revealed to and through his Apostle Paul, uh, the heart of the Together in Christ Christian Education Ministry is to welcome all Christians of all sorts and all non-Christians as well, <clears throat> and not to doubtful disputations as we're taught in Romans 14, but to mutual edification in love. My wife and I, and no doubt many of you, have too often been scapegoated by fellow Christians, pressured, intimidated, or otherwise mistreated out of local assemblies of the body of Christ. And yet, if you have believed in Jesus for salvation, no one and nothing can now separate you from Jesus Christ, from being a member of his body in the fellowship of the mystery, since it's Jesus who has made you and me to be members of his body and his mystery fellowship forever. So such behavior of expelling or scapegoating fellow Christians is a rejection of the truth of the gospel, it's a rejection of sound biblical doctrine, and it's a failure to live out and to practice correct Christian behavior by walking in the spirit, no longer in the corrupt works of the flesh. Instead, Together in Christ is committed to, commit to, to welcoming all Christians to fellowship and encouragement in Jesus and to welcome everyone else, too, to enter into Jesus' body, if they haven't yet done so, by receiving God's free, gracious gift of forgiveness, righteousness, holiness, eternal life, all the riches of God's grace in Jesus, which is made possible by Jesus' finished work on the cross alone and is received individually by faith alone in Jesus and what he did there at Calvary. Jesus' cross alone has now enabled peace and unity with God forever, by faith alone in Christ alone. And thereafter, since we believed, and in that moment that we believed, we were sealed by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' body and are built up and edified together in Christ's body. And we're to be built up together by agreeing with Jesus' Spirit in us to submit to the Bible, the Holy Spirit who speaks in and through Scripture, God's Word, Letting the Bible be the final authority and ultimate arbiter of every dispute, every question, every issue. So this is how our Lord Jesus expects Christians to form our thinking and behavior. And so this is the goal of Together in Christ. Our final authority is not a man-made statement of faith, nor is it popular watchwords of contemporary Christian movements or worldly movements that have infected the church. Rather, our final authority is the entire Word of God, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21, as interpreted not by ourselves, but interpreted by the, the Bible itself, the Holy Spirit speaking in and through Scripture. And we come to the Bible willing to submit and subject all of our preconceived notions, all of our prior commitments and dearest illusions to the scrutiny and correction of God's Word. 
and we invite you, whoever you are, to join us. And together in Christ, we desire to be transformed by the Holy Spirit, speaking in Scripture. The revelation of the mystery. Here's an image I would often draw on the board for my students at college. And you know, too many Christians and non-Christians are told they need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, the Christian, if they are a Christian, who trusted in Jesus as their Savior, that person already has, since he or she first believed, far more than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He or she's actually in Jesus Christ forever, in him, in his body spiritually. And Jesus' spirit already indwells and has sealed the Christian forever, as this image depicts. So, we have far more than a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that relationship can't be broken. We've been made members of Jesus' body forever. <clears throat> this is the gospel truth, the gospel of grace, according to the revelation of the mystery of the body of Christ through Apostle Paul. The good news from God for everyone today is simply this, that God loves you and me, all us sinners, and so has himself provided salvation from all our sins by washing all our sins away with his precious blood on the cross at Calvary. Based on this self-sacrifice of our Creator, our Lord Jesus, for all Adam's race, He now offers everyone the free gift of forgiveness of all our sins, along with His own righteousness before God imputed to us, simply and solely by faith in Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus and what He's done for them receive membership in Jesus' body forever, including complete forgiveness of sins, righteousness before God, eternal life in Jesus, and all the immeasurable riches of His grace. They are then together in Christ forever. Praise the Lord. The Christian may not feel this most profound of relationships with Jesus, but it's the spiritual reality nonetheless. Feelings ought never to be our guide. For that reason, our Lord Jesus, through his Apostle Paul, teaches Christians that they need to know this fact, reckon it true of themselves, because it is true. If you've believed in Jesus, then the Christian is then to yield to the Spirit of Jesus who has indwelt you once and for all from the moment you first believed. We read those instructions in Romans chapter 6, and you can see them in green here on the slide. So this image represents what is really the core teaching of the Together in Christ Christian Education Ministry, which is the biblical doctrine of the mystery of the body of Christ. It represents the pinnacle of the truth of the gospel revealed by Jesus Christ to and through his Apostle Paul. And yet, far too few Christians are aware of or fully appreciate this reality of our identity, just who we are in Jesus and what this reality means for us in this life and for eternity. We'll keep coming back to this biblical doctrine, therefore, in the teaching of Together in Christ, just as Apostle Paul keeps coming back to it in his letters since Jesus revealed it to him. This mystery, this fellowship of the mystery, as Paul calls it in Ephesians 3, verse 9, is what all Christians, in imitation of Paul, we are to make the whole world see. Ephesians 3.9 says we are to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hidden God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. As the image depicts, it's the cross of Christ that has made this fellowship, this membership in Jesus' own body, possible. When a Jew or Gentile, any fallen child of Adam, every sinner doomed to die physically and spiritually, when that person first believes in Jesus and what Jesus did for him or her at the cross of Calvary, that person is baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. This is the Christian's one baptism, as Paul says in Ephesians 4. As our Lord Jesus through Apostle Paul declares in Romans 6, How shall we, that are dead to sin, because we believed in Jesus, how are we to live any longer in sin? Don't you know that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? 
That's our baptism, into Jesus' death. Therefore we're buried with Jesus by baptism into death, that like as Jesus Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of Jesus' death, we shall also be in the likeness of Jesus' resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Jesus, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. And that's you and me. If we believed in Jesus, we are dead. It's no longer we that live, but Christ that lives in us. The old sinner that I was died to sin spiritually in that moment of faith in Jesus and his cross because in that moment I was baptized into Jesus' own death, burial, and resurrection. I was resurrected a new member of Jesus' body, a new creature, a member of Jesus' resurrected body forever. So the old man I was is now dead to sin, and now I am alive in Christ by grace through faith. Or rather, I don't live, but Christ lives in me, as Paul says in Galatians. So as you can see on the right, the golden figure with the crown represents Jesus and the Christian, whoever you are, the little red man or woman in Jesus' body forever. This is your spiritual position, your standing in Christ. Spiritually, you've been resurrected to eternal life. You're already, you already have this position and reality in the spiritual realm forever, in your inner man, already seated with Christ in heaven. That's a spiritual reality. And nothing can change it because it, Christ achieved it, not you and me. And as you can see on the left, Christ is in you forever, in your inner man. So here on earth, the Spirit of Christ indwells you forever. And the reminder in green, the three steps that Paul gives us in Romans 6, are critical for every Christian to remember and stand in this mystery. Number one, know. Romans 6.3, as we just read, said, Don't you know that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? In verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was, is crucified with Jesus, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Verse 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no more dominion over Jesus. And because you're in him, spiritually, you can't die. And there's something we reckon true or that we know to be true about our physical bodies as well, as we'll come to in a minute. But number two, reckon 6 verse 11 of Romans says, Likewise, reckon yourselves also to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because we're in him, we reckon ourselves dead to sin. Dead to sin. Sin can't touch us. Spiritually, we are already redeemed, saved. Thirdly, yield. Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So spiritually, you are sinless, not because of anything you do, but by Christ's finished work at the cross. Now, therefore, Paul says, yield your mortal body, this flesh, which is still sin-cursed. Don't yield it to sin anymore, that you should obey sin in the lusts of it. Neither yield your members, your body's members, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves to God, to his Spirit who indwells you as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin will not have dominion over you. Not possible. For you're not under the law, but under grace. You're not Israel. You're in Jesus' new resurrected body, sealed forever. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Praise the Lord. That's the gospel of grace. So, Know that you are dead, and it's now Christ that lives in you. 
reckon this to be true of you right now, that it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And when you're asked how you are, you can honestly say that you're dead, and now it's Christ that lives in you. And yield to Jesus in you, yield to Jesus' Spirit in dwelling you. Because Christ is righteous and holy, you are already righteous and holy in Him. Nothing can separate you from His body, ever. Praise the Lord. So now yield to His Spirit. Don't quench His Spirit by returning to the old man of the flesh that you were. It's possible, you know, God is not a tyrant like we see in the world around us. Everyone's a bully and intimidating and coercing you to do this and that. God doesn't do that. Um, we have to choose to yield to His Spirit who indwells us. His Spirit will not force our hand. So we have to choose if we're going to yield to His Spirit now or go back to walking in the old flesh because we're still in these sin-cursed bodies until their glorification at the rapture. Our souls, our spirits are resurrected, but our bodies haven't been yet. So we have a choice to make, and we need to yield to the Spirit. So there's a critical aspect to this mystery, which is that we have this treasure of Christ in us, in this, these earthen vessels, these physical bodies. As Paul puts it, we have this treasure in earthen vessels in this tent of the flesh, this physical body that's yet full of sin. So that's the critical dichotomy of the mystery of the body of Christ that we have to bear in mind at all times and that you have to be recognizing as you read Apostle Paul's letters to understand the gospel of grace. Our spirits have been resurrected to new life in Christ, but our bodies have not yet been resurrected. That'll happen at the rapture, but it hasn't happened yet. So this flesh will remain sin-cursed until the body too is resurrected at the rapture of the body of Christ. Until then, the Christian is both in the flesh and in the spirit of Jesus at the same time right now. Therefore, we must follow Jesus' instructions to us through Paul to be ever knowing, reckoning, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the truth of the gospel of grace, by the mystery now revealed by Jesus to Paul. So together in Christ, our ministry is called to this fundamental commitment of speaking the mystery, along with all the unspoken truths of God's word to his body and to the lost world today. So this will be characteristic of the Together in Christ ministry. So many truths, facts, are ignored, hidden, left unsaid, not believed, and certainly not stood for. And yet the body of Christ is commissioned by our Lord Jesus, our head, to be the pillar and ground of the truth in this dark, deceitful world, to be his ambassadors from heaven. Truth, light, and freedom ought to characterize the body of Christ, each of its members individually and all of us together. And by God's grace, they will characterize together in Christ's ministry as we yield to the Holy Spirit of Jesus at work in, in us and through us. Here's another chart I put together that very simply gives us a picture of what God reveals in his word, the Bible, about his plans through successive ages or dispensations. We've got the biblical timeline at the bottom that God reveals, and then seven major dispensational periods of time. There's an eighth uh, dispensation, the dispensation of the fullness of times that Paul tells us about, and that will continue forever and ever after the close of the seventh. And I've penciled in where we are all today in God's unfolding plans and purposes. Which dispensation are we living in? Well, we live in the midst, though it seems like we're living near the end, we live in the midst of the dispensation of the mystery of grace, of the body of Christ, as the Lord revealed to and through his Apostle Paul. Here's another great chart, this one put together by Andy Woods, that shows us much the same thing. I like this one because it shows us the judgments of God that serve as hinges between each of the dispensations of God. 
for some reason, Woods left out one of those judgments. Uh, so I've penciled it in, as you can see here, between the previous dispensation of the law and the current dispensation of grace, which Woods rightly identifies as a mystery, as you see there, the mystery of the body of Christ revealed by Jesus to and through his Apostle Paul. And the judgment that occurred at the transition from law to grace, as also revealed especially to and through Apostle Paul, is the setting aside or casting away of national Israel in their unbelief, their rejection of Jesus as the Messiah, Israel's eternal king, and their rejection of the Holy Spirit, which Jesus warned them against, the Holy Spirit's ministry through the twelve apostles. Israel rejected that ministry, and so they were cast away in part for a season, as Paul describes in Romans 9-11. to So this casting away or setting aside of Israel as a nation is partial and temporary, as Paul uh, was... Um, you know, as, as Paul received from our Lord Jesus. And uh, this setting aside of Israel is one of the subjects, if not the main subject, of the book of Acts. And of course, Acts also chronicles Apostle Paul's missions to establish the new body of Christ, the new creature. But Acts is equally about the hardening and setting aside of Israel in unbelief for a reason and for a season. Many Bible readers miss this and wrongly conclude that Christians are Israelites. We're not Israel. Israel as a nation has been cast away for a season. And we are a new creature, kept secret from the foundation of the world, the, which is the mystery, but now revealed uh, to and through Paul by Jesus Christ from heaven. We're the fellowship of the mystery, the resurrected body of Christ. And speaking of the dispensation of the mystery, the present body of Christ in the world, another image in biblical doctrine to which we'll keep coming back is uh, this one depicted by Clarence Larkin. As I mentioned, far too few Christians have heard that we are not Israel, but Jesus' body, and so that we're not under the law, but under grace, walking not in the futile works of our flesh, but walking in the power of Jesus' Spirit within us. This image is called the Mountain Peaks of Prophecy, with the unprophesied Valley of the Mystery that the Lord Jesus uh, revealed to Paul in between, as you can see. Pictures say a thousand words, and this image is perhaps the very best for explaining what God tells us in the Bible about the sequence of his plans and purposes, and just where we are presently, in God's unfolding plans for all things. We're in that valley of grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ prior to the rapture of the body of Christ. So I've penciled that rapture in there. For some reason it's missing from Larkin's chart. After our rapture, God's prophetic program will resume with the revealing of the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, and the beginning of the great seven-year tribulation, which is concluded by Jesus' second coming and all that follows. Just as the book of Acts recorded a period of transition from prophecy to mystery, I believe we're now in a transition back from mystery to prophecy. And we see that unfolding within the last century already. Different things prophesied that have come to pass, like Israel back in their land in unbelief, ready for judgment, which is the great tribulation that's coming. But we Christians... We Christians, members of Jesus' body, won't be here for that seven-year judgment. Will be raptured before that, as you can read in Second Thessalonians. Here, I rather clumsily combine the mountain peaks image with one of the seven image, the seven age images, to help depict the timeline and relationships between the ages there, to help us visualize these things, so you can compare them and see how they line up. About together in Christ, I'd now like to introduce the seven emphases of the together in Christ. Christian education ministry, but these seven really boil down to two, which is the, the creation through Jesus Christ and the new creation through Jesus Christ.
I have twice been scapegoated and expelled from Christian organizations. It's become an all-too-common experience for far too many Christians. I've heard so many stories of others as well. It's beginning to seem as though there are more Christians outside of institutional Christianity than inside. And on both occasions of my, my scapegoating, the motive of the leaders of that particular institution, they were well, two different institutions, were the rejection of biblical doctrines that I was standing for, but which that organ, Christian organization, or the leadership of it, were rejecting. They were resisting the Holy Spirit speaking in Scripture. In both cases, the initial method deployed was censorship, telling me I'm not allowed to talk about a certain truth of the Bible, not allowed to teach certain biblical doctrines. The first biblical doctrine I was censored from talking about, and so was ultimately expelled for, was the doctrine of creation. This occurred uh, about six years ago now. Well, it feels like a lot longer than that. And the second doctrine uh, of, that I was expelled from a Christian organization for teaching was this mystery of the body of Christ, which were to make all men see, um, which was revealed by Jesus to and through Apostle Paul, and which we've already looked at briefly, which is the very gospel of our salvation. And I found that the body of Christ's general rejection of these two most fundamental Christian doctrines, the creation and the new creation, both in Christ, which are so fundamental to all biblical truth, um, and or the church's failure to stand up for these two most basic Bible truths has greatly crippled our testimony in and to the lost world and has torn apart the peace and unity of the body of Christ from inside. Some examples of the church's inability now, its fecklessness, its lack of effectiveness for standing in the world uh, we could we could we could bring to light with just a few questions. We could ask why are we facing the rejection of gender realities in culture? One male and one female, that's it. While the rejection of the doctrine of creation, the biblical creator God and what he did, what he says he did, that's why we Christ the church is unable to speak the truth and shed the light in the world, because the church doesn't believe in the doctrine of creation. Um, another example, why are we facing the rejection of the security of salvation and righteousness in Jesus as Christians? Why is there fear amongst Christians about loss of salvation? Or why are we facing the false claim that Christians are Israel, under the law and not under grace? Well, these two questions go hand in hand. The rejection of the doctrine of the mystery body of Christ with uh, that body's eternal grace standing in Jesus results in the belief that believers are Israel and still under the law. It's a failure to rightly divide God's word, to recontextually, to let God interpret himself, to recognize uh, when God ends one dispensation of his will and begins another. You know, the fact that we're not under the law but under grace, that's a dispensational biblical doctrine. And if you don't read the Bible dispensationally, if you don't read literally and contextually, if you don't let God interpret himself, you're not going to know where you are in God's plans or who you are or what you're supposed to be doing. So it's a catastrophic failure of basic Bible reading. And most of the church is uh, lost in that error. And the consequences are disastrous. It's just the old Galatian error that Apostle Paul condemned. The false belief that we are Israel under the law when we're now Jesus' body under grace. When a Christian thinks he or she's an Israelite, or thinks he or she's under the law, it results in fear. Fear of the loss of salvation, since no one can keep the law. It results in belief in one's own works in the flesh as what pleases God, which is a lie. 
All of this constitutes rejection of the gospel of grace, that Jesus alone can and did wash away all our sins, that the Christian is in Jesus' body by faith alone and is righteous in Jesus alone. Jesus is all our righteousness. We are righteous by Jesus' work at the cross, not by the Christian's work. And the Christian's salvation is secure in Jesus forever because while we fail every day, Jesus cannot and will not ever fail. Praise the Lord. The Christian doesn't hold on to Jesus. Jesus holds on to the Christian in himself. Amen. Yet I would suggest that most Christians today live under some form of that era of legalism, as I was saying, applying the law of Moses directly to themselves, you know, failing to um, observe, interpret, apply, and go through the biblical reading process correctly, as we teach here at, at uh, Together in Christ. And um, instead, they read every part of the Bible as though it's directly to them, including the law of Moses. Even though Christians are not Jew or Gentile, spiritually speaking, but we're a new creature in Christ, standing in grace, not the law. So these two doctrines, creation and the mystery of the new creature, are at the core of the Together in Christ ministry. These two doctrines, that our Lord Jesus created this universe, when and how he says he did, which is about 6,000 years ago, by speaking it into being by his almighty word from nothing. That's what the scriptures say. Creation's a miracle that God did. And he's upholding his creation today. It's finished. It was finished in six days, and he actively upholds it now. Adam's sin in the garden, Adam and Eve's sin, brought corruption and death, both physical and spiritual, into this universe, involving the spiritual and physical death of all things. Our Lord Jesus began the new creation of this universe through his cross, bringing spiritual and physical life to all things through his resurrection life, and the fellowship of the mystery of his body, the new creation in Christ by faith alone in Jesus alone. These two doctrines are really the two fundamental truths of the Christian faith provided to us graciously by God in Scripture, perfectly preserved, as interpreted literally by God himself. And yet, as we've been saying, these are neglected or even rejected by so much of the institutional church today, and Christians who mention them are scapegoated and expelled from most local churches and Christian organizations today. It is these two doctrines that Together in Christ fundamentally asserts. And we build all of our teaching upon these two greatest works of Jesus Christ our Lord, which undergird all truth, the facts of existence. So together in Christ, the Christian education ministry that in response to the Spirit of Christ leading and in fidelity to the Spirit of Christ speaking in Scripture, seeks to do God's will by one, declaring the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ's creation of this universe. That's number one. The individual human being is a descendant of Adam and his wife Eve, whom our Lord Jesus Christ created on day six of creation about 6,000 years ago, according to the scriptures. And uh, representative scriptures from which these affirmations derive are listed on the About Together in Christ page. I invite you to check out my work there on the website. Historical and scientific truth derives from the reality of the biblical creator God and what he says he did, is doing, and will do as perfectly recorded and preserved in the Christian Bible. The scriptures make clear that, there's, there, that, that there was no death, physical or spiritual, before Adam sinned against God, but that through Adam's sin, physical and spiritual death for humans and animals entered into God's universe. That's so fundamental. And that one principle of scripture alone completely uh, nullifies both evolution and billions of years. There cannot have been death before Adam's sin. And Adam was created on day six of creation about 6,000 years ago. 
The scriptures also make plain that there is a critical difference between historical and observational science, so that the present is not the key to the past, but that God's infallible eyewitness account of the past, present, and future in scripture is the one reliable basis from which to engage in scientific and historical inquiry. Real science and real history is based on the Bible. Read plainly, interpreted literally, interpreted by God himself. Second declaration, the truth that our Lord Jesus Christ ordained his apostle Paul to be the apostle through whom he revealed the mystery of the body of Christ. The dispensation of the mystery of grace, the body of Christ, was given directly by Jesus from heaven to his apostle Paul. It's in our Lord Jesus' words, to and through Paul, that is communicated the identity, unity, chronological location, freedom, and positional riches of the church that is the body of Christ. Our Lord Jesus, through his Apostle Paul, distinguishes between Jesus' prophesied plan and purpose, spoken since the world began for Israel and the nations, and our Lord Jesus' unprophesied plan and purpose for his mystery body, hidden, kept secret since the world began, but now revealed to and through Apostle Paul and his co-workers. Three, we declare the truth of the identity of the mystery body of Christ, all Christian believers. Spiritually, we are not Israel or Jews, nor are we nations or Gentiles but new creations in Christ, members of Jesus' resurrected body individually and altogether. And we are the temple of the Holy Spirit individually and altogether. The Christian believer died to the old Adam when he or she first believed, died to the old man he was before he believed, and it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Every Christian is in Christ forever, so sealed by Holy Spirit, who indwells every Christian forever. Fourth affirmation of Together in Christ is that we declare the truth of the unity of the mystery body of Christ, all Christian believers. We are not a man-made community by human effort in the flesh, striving, regulations, or works of the law, but we are a God-made unity, a spirit-made unity, by Christ's finished work at the cross, participated in by faith alone in Jesus alone. Jesus Christ is in every Christian forever, sealed by Jesus' Spirit within every Christian forever. Jesus Christ is the creator and the head of his body, and every Christian believer is a member of Jesus' body and belongs to Christ forever. Christians cannot and ought not to try to cast fellow members of Jesus' body out of his body, out of any um, local assembly of his body. It's impossible to cast a Christian out of Jesus' body. As we read in Romans 8, verse 3, it's scapegoating. It's a behavior that's unchristian, ungodly. It's a mythological and pagan practice. Church discipline, if it must occur, is never eternal expulsion, but a temporary pause in fellowship until a brother or sister is willing to cease resisting the Spirit of Christ speaking in and through Scripture, and to once again yield to the Spirit of God within in thought, word, and deed. And if we were to practice that discipline, we'd all have to pause fellowship until we submitted to the truth of creation and the new creation creation in Christ, and the fellowship of the mystery, because most of the institutional church has rejected these basic Christian doctrines. Every Christian is a fellow member of Jesus' body forever. Praise the Lord. Fifthly, we declare the truth of the chronological location of the mystery body of Christ, all Christian believers in God's unfolding sequence of historical events. Christians are not Israel or under the law. But we are the new creature, Jesus' body, under grace, the fellowship of the mystery. 
provisions are not in the previous dispensation of the law, but in the present dispensation of the mystery of the grace of God. We are situated in the valley between the mountains, between the first coming and the rapture of the body, which will be followed by a seven-year tribulation and the second coming of Christ. The valley that we're in, hidden from the foundation of the world, by, um, but revealed to and through Paul, is the dispensation of the mystery of the body of Christ, the age of grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Sixthly, together in, Cli together in Christ declares the truth of the freedom of the mystery body of Christ, all Christian believers. Christians are not to be legalistic, attempting to control themselves and others with fleshly constraints, with censorship and coercion, all the evils going on in the world that the church is infected by, because Christ has set us free from the yoke of slavery to the law and the vain works of the flesh and the false righteousness of the flesh. The Christian is dead to the law, dead to sin, and dead to all works of the flesh. We know that in our flesh we cannot please God, and our old selves were crucified with Christ when we first believed. Praise the Lord. Instead, we walk in the Spirit, so that for us there is no law. The Spirit has indwelt the Christian forever. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. By walking in the Spirit, the law of God has been fulfilled in us. The Christian is freed from the lies and darkness in which he or she dwelt before he or she first believed in Jesus. And the Christian is no longer to walk in darkness and lies, but is in the day, in the light, in the truth. We are not bullied or intimidated by lawless human governments, if and when they fail to operate by their divine mandate, because our joyful submission to human government under God is always subject to our unyielding ultimate submission to our Creator God Himself, Jesus Christ our Lord, the head of His body, of which we are all members by faith. Should a human government refuse to govern in the manner that God expects them, and instead operates by lies, intimidation, and corruption, as all governments are doing today, the Christian's conscience and devotion to God's instructions for his body supersede any ungodly instructions given by a human government. Seventh, together in Christ declares the truth of the riches, the spiritual position of the mystery body of Christ, all Christian believers. The individual Christian believer has an eternal spiritual position in Christ due to being an eternal member of Jesus' mystery body, and so Christians are already forgiven in Jesus. We're already righteous or justified in Jesus. We are holy in Jesus because we're in Jesus. We are spiritually seated in heavenly places in Jesus. That's where he is, in heaven at the right hand of his Father. And we already have already the, all the riches of God's grace, which you read about in Paul's letters, by virtue of being in Jesus forever. The individual Christian has this treasure in an earthen vessel, as we read in 2 Corinthians 4-7, as we talked about earlier. His or her condition in the flesh until the rapture is having this spiritual treasure in earthen vessels. So our condition in the flesh means that our spiritual position and physical condition are simultaneous realities until the glorification of our bodies at the rapture. We have both the law of the Spirit and the law of sin at work in our mortal bodies. See Romans 7 and 8 and Galatians 5. And that will be the case until the rapture. The Spirit is already victorious, but sin continues to afflict us until our glorification. We need to understand that's called the doctrine of position and condition. Our position in Christ and our condition in the flesh, and they're simultaneous. Okay, so... 
Those are the seven emphases of Together in Christ, Christian Education Ministry, based on the two fundamental biblical doctrines of creation and new creation. I'd like to let you know how we will be teaching these truths as the days go by and ask you to pray for me and my family as we follow Jesus' Spirit's leading in this. So here's what we'll be doing. Firstly, ongoing talks and resources are being developed and released all the time online on current issues for the Church from the Biblical Perspective. These are currently available on the website at togetherinchristu.com and on YouTube and uh, Rumble and other platforms online. Many are now following Together in Christ on YouTube, and I ask that you also subscribe on Rumble, as we're sometimes censored by YouTube. There are many elephants in the room of the body of Christ, things that are key issues we need to discuss and to study to understand what's the biblical position, but are not being properly studied and discussed. It's precisely those, those pressing issues to which Christians are seeking answers that Together in Christ intends to address. To edifying and support the body of Christ and the work Jesus has given us, as his ambassadors from heaven in this dark world. If you'd like me to address a particular topic, please let me know, and we'll look into doing that at the earliest opportunity. You can contact me through the website at togetherinchristu.com. Secondly, Together in Christ University. We're developing and delivering four courses at present, Intro to the Bible and Theology, Creation, Science, and Faith, Jesus and Myth, and Grace, Not Law, Apostle Paul's Letter to the Galatian Christians. By God's grace, we intend to offer courses on the entire Bible and every subject and area of life from the biblical perspective. There will be basic and essential Bible courses on the books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as on topics in biblical theology, and courses on the biblical languages, starting with Hebrew and Greek, and then Aramaic, so watch for those. If you'd like a particular biblical topic addressed, please let me know. These course talks are freely available on the website and YouTube, and Rumble very soon. Um, but by registering and enrolling in a course, which is a very low-cost uh, tuition amount, um, then you can receive personal instruction from me with additional course content and assignments, a more intentional study of the scriptures and growth in your faith, and uh, with discussion forums and fellowship with other Christians studying scripture together. And that takes place entirely online on our Together in Christ University Moodle platform. All the course contents entirely online. This way we can learn and grow together in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ from all over the world. And other initiatives of Together in Christ are forthcoming. Check out our shop page as well at togetherinchristu.com shop where you'll see our course enrollments, books, DVDs, CDs, USBs, and other merchandise that will be a blessing and encouragement to you, your family, your local church, and to the world. Please pray for us. Like, share, and subscribe to our ministry content online and consider donating to support the ministry as the Lord blesses you and leads you. So, this ministry is a response to the Lord Jesus leading on our lives for His glory and the clear and accurate communication of the Word of God for the building up of the body of Christ and the clear communication of the gospel of grace and peace in and through Jesus Christ. We ask you to partner with us in this ministry for the Lord Jesus and His body and the salvation of this dying world. Please pray with us for the purity of the gospel of grace, God's grace full and free by faith in Jesus, to be boldly and clearly communicated to the whole church and to the whole world. Brothers and sisters who trusted in Jesus as your Savior, we are together in Christ forever. Praise the Lord. Until next time.